Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Locke. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, back from a week at the beach. And I know it's been uh, almost a full work week since you got back from your vacation, but I hope you're still feeling rested and recharged after that nice week you had there. All I have left still is my tan. Oh, man. That's rough. And that's not I even feel, that good. <laughs> I mean, it was good to be at the beach with fr- friends and family. But uh, then I went to cover the race at Richmond, and it it zapped a lot of uh, energy out of me. But it was still it was fun to go to the race. So uh, it's it's been a busy time uh, hosting the family this week. So that keeps me busy as well. So it's been a busy time, and um, you know, I'm gonna try to make it through this episode with not with as serious as possible. You know, while staring at your head. Because you've got a haircut that I did not expect. And I have now seen your hair in basically every possible, you know, life form. I've seen it very long. I've seen it, uh, I you know, medium-ish. And then I've seen it, you know, like cut up, like kind of like I have it. And now I've seen it to the the better end with a buzz cut. Um, Did your wife know you were doing this? or She did it. She did. We bought, we went out and bought clippers and she did it. Okay. Uh, as yeah. long as she's okay with it, then I'm, I'm, are you, d- I think she, she, you know, cut it off. And then I think she looked at me and then she regretted everything, everything she did. <laughs> now that makes sense. That, that is the most factual statement we probably have ever said on this, on this podcast. So, <laughs> cause she has never seen me with hair like this either. The, the last time I had a buzz cut was probably like three months before I met her. I got a buzz cut. And so it had grown out a little bit by the time I met her. Um, so yeah, she's yeah. never seen it this short. I was going to say is I can't even like, I guess we've talked with you with the buzz cut, but like, I can't remember it, but granted long time was, ago, it was still a long time ago and I, I'm just not used to it. Like, I think if I got a buzz cut, which I haven't had since I was in like high school, you would be used to it. No, that would be, that would be quite a change. Maybe yeah. I'll do that. So we will be united. Do it. Let's do it. You know, it's been so hot. There's like 99 degree days. Just got to stay cool. However you can. The trade market was also hot last week. It was the trade deadline on Tuesday, August 1st. Not as hot as we were hoping it was going to be. A couple of big moves here and there, but the one big move that we all wanted to see was Shohei Otani being traded from the Angels. Of course, that did not happen. They came out last week and said they were not going to trade him. They were going to hold on to him and go for it. And they made a couple of other moves to bring players in. They ended up trading for White Sox pitcher Lucas Giolito. He got rocked by the Braves earlier this week. So I don't know that that's going to pan out for them, but still a solid starter, uh, but they're good. They're going for it. And I, I like the boldness of the move, but I just don't think it's going to pay off for them because the American league wildcard race is so tight this year. Yeah. And if it's in the idea of, all right, we're going to buy and not just try to make a playoff run, but basically as the last gas pitch to get Shohei Otani, I say it's worth it. Like, we we sat on here and talked about it. Like, we were at the point of, like, if you, like, we kind of said, like, if you knew for sure he wasn't coming back, trade him. But if you thought you had, like, a 10% chance of getting him, then go all in. Um, You know, 
I I thought they should have traded him because I don't think he's coming back. Um, but I see the move. I you know even if that increases it by like five to ten percent, or ultimately is the reason like, you know, they they get in like that. That's that's a the home run move. They keep Otani, and uh, we we'll see what happens. You know the rest of the way, and for this team, if they can kind of keep it within striking distance to get Mike Trout back, that could be, you know, they, they could make a run. They are currently only three and a half games out of the wild card. So it's a very tight race. So it's not unthinkable, but it's going to be tough for them to end up making it into the postseason. But they're, they're going for it. They're keeping Otani and they're going for a postseason berth this year. The trades that did happen on and around the deadline, Max Scherzer got traded from the Mets to the Rangers. Justin Verlander on the deadline day, he got traded from the Mets back to the Astros, where he spent the past couple seasons of his career, won a Cy Young, won two World Series, no big deal. Now he's back there looking to win another World Series as the Astros look to go back to back this year. Uh, Michael Lorenzen got traded to the Phillies, Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals to the Orioles. The, we talked a little bit about this when you had me on the fast lane on Tuesday, um, by the way. You get a double dose of me and Trey this week if you listen to the Fast Lane and the podcast. And I think you can listen to our interview on the Fast Lane website. Yeah, the Fast Lane with that Lane podcast feed, or go to our SoundCloud page. If you just you know follow me on Twitter, go back in the archives, you can find it. There you go, double dose of Matt and Trey this week. Uh, but we were talking on Tuesday that I thought the Orioles needed to make a really big move, and a, a lot of the rumor was that they were going to get Justin Verlander, and he ended up not going to Baltimore. And I, I've heard some other people talking about this, and they think that he just didn't want to live in Baltimore. He liked the big city lifestyle of New York. And you think about his career, he's been in places like Detroit, which say what you will about Detroit, uh, then Houston for a couple of years, which is a huge city, lots going on there. And then New York for this year in Baltimore compared to those cities, I just don't know that it has that much going on. So I can kind of see that reasoning from Justin Verlander, if that is the reason he didn't want to go to Baltimore. But I think that would have been a good move for the Orioles if they were able to to go out and get him. But they ultimately ended up getting Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals, who went out today and had a pretty good first start for the Orioles. So I think that's still a solid move for them. Um, but Verlander, I mean, back to the Astros, uh, was, I was probably the biggest move the... Yeah, I mean, I think Scherzer and Verlander moving in subsequent like back-to-back days were the two big moves, but you could argue, I was going to say, you could argue Flaherty is pitching better than Verlander. So, and they probably had to give up less than what they would have done to get Verlander. So it ultimately it's, it's kind of the move that the O's needed. Uh, It's weird how we talk about the O's as buyers. We had this argument, like a whole trade deadline ago last year. And we both agreed, like they shouldn't have done anything. They shouldn't have touched the roster. Like, Obviously, they sold Trey Mancini, which appears to be, you know, he he just got DFA'd by the Cubs, so that appears to be a good move. Like, they they made smart moves last deadline, and it it was like keep this team as together as much. If you make the playoffs, it's just bonus, and and they were smart, and you know this is why they're a really good team right now. And they like the crazy part is they still have the best. Like, let's say they make a run to the ALCS. Well, we can assume that their roster is going to be adding the number one prospect in baseball and Jackson holiday, who is not going to be afraid of any moment based off of his dad, like who's Matt holiday. Um, you, you think about that, like 
the O's are in such a good place that they they could be very strategic with the moves they made. And I'm not saying they would have got you had to give up Jackson Holiday to get Justin Verlander, but getting a guy like Jack Flaherty, who's younger, has probably pitched a little bit better um, this year. I would I would argue like the O's got exactly what they needed. Yeah, by the way, his uh his debut for the Orioles, six inning pitched, one run on four hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts. So a pretty solid first outing by Jack Flaherty for the Orioles. So I do like that move. I think it's good. Um I, I really I don't know that they really needed to go out and make a uh, a real big move because they are the best team in the American League right now. But I think, you know, you can never have too much pitching, especially come playoff time. So they they had they had to get a pitcher. Um, but I think they would have been fine if they didn't do a whole lot at the deadline. Um, but Flaherty is a, a solid, solid starting pitcher for them to pick up. Verlander, like we said, back to the Astros where he won the World Series last year. Uh, I like that move because, you know, he hasn't been pitching that well in New York this year, but he was really, really good during his time with the Astros. And I mean, he, you could make the argument that he was kind of falling off a little bit towards the end of his time with Detroit. And then he goes to Houston and has a career resurgence and has some of the best years that he's had in his career. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the same thing happen again, if he he rejoins the Astros for the rest of this year and ends up having a really good second half of the season and then comes out next year and has another really good year because that's what happened last time he came to Houston. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see another little bit of a resurgence from Verlander. Uh, And I think that it's definitely going to help the Astros. And then Max Scherzer, who... Uh, again, not having a great year. He's 39 years old. But anytime you get a pitcher of his caliber on a team like the Rangers, who are a first-place team, it's only going to help. So I like both of those moves. And I think that, that that's going to be a really interesting race to watch now between the Rangers and the Astros, both teams in Texas, battling it out for the American League West title. Yeah, and I wonder, has like, and no one, I have not seen anyone talk about this, but it's given me some thought of like, and I don't think people will say this, but like the fact that the pitch clock's here, like there are pitchers that are affected by it, but like, I think it affects the older pitchers more because they could take their time. Like they need bigger rests in between pitches because they're older. I think this is bigger for Scherzer more than it is for Verlander because Scherzer's not throwing as hard as he can every pitch. That's what Max Scherzer, like that's his style. He's an aggressive pitcher. Like he is, he is, you know, giving you the death stare and throwing as hard as he can every single time. And now that there's a pitch clock, it, it, you know, you're, I think the finesse of a, a pitcher, unless, especially as you get older, is going to be a big key. So I'm interested to see, like, how they regress. Like, look at Scherzer today. Uh, we record this on Thursday. He gave up three runs in the first inning and then was lights out the rest of the way and got the win for in his start first start for Texas. So it's... It's interesting to see like this progression and you know I I don't know if the pitch clock's affecting them but they are having they both and it might just be the fact they play for the Mets and as you always say the Mets are going to met and it could just be that could be could be you know we we could spend a whole episode talking about the Mets what they did at this trade deadline how their whole big experiment has failed this year. You know, they had the largest payroll in baseball, I think in baseball history. And they're giving up at the trade deadline. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. And, you know, Scherzer was saying things in interviews this week that the the Mets front office told him, 
they're not trying to win next year. They're going to try to come back and win in 2025 or 2026. And he didn't want to stick to that. He, di- he didn't want to be on a team that's not trying to win right now. So it, it's just uh, it's a mess up there in New York. And I feel bad for Mets fans because they thought they they really thought they had something here. Uh, Steve Cohen came in. He started spending money left and right. They brought in all these star players, but it's just not working out. So I don't know what's going on up there in Queens, but I don't, I don't know. We could spend a lot of time talking about that, but we don't have time for all that today. Uh, one move that didn't happen, Eduardo Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher from the Detroit Tigers, was supposed to be traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers, but he had a no-trade or yeah, a no-trade clause in his contract for ten teams. For ten teams, and one of those teams was the Dodgers. He vetoed a trade to the Dodgers to stay in Detroit. Now you're a you're one of the top pitchers at the trade deadline. And you could be traded from the Tigers to a World Series contender in the Dodgers, and you veto it. I mean, on the surface, it's like, what are you doing? Why would you not want to go win World Series? But his agent put out a statement today explaining that, you know, the life of a Major League Baseball player is hard on their families when they get uprooted and have to move across the country multiple times a year or every other year, however often. So he wanted to stay in Detroit to have some stability for his family. So I respect that, but it is easy to look at this and say, why would you not accept a trade to a world series contender like the Dodgers? Yeah. I I agree with that, but that last line was like, we tried to work out a deal, but we ran out of time is interesting to me. Yeah. It seemed like they wanted something from the Dodgers, and the Dodgers weren't willing to give it, and then they vetoed it. That's kind of how I sensed that statement. Um, I feel very conflicted by this. Like, I get the family thing and everything, and, and that is a good reason, and if that's ultimately – but, like, you could be a front-end starter for the World Series, like, the, the best <laughs> yeah. team in baseball. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing. Like – if it was, and it's not like L.A. Like you go live in L.A. Like, like it's not like you're getting traded to True, Milwaukee that, or. Yeah. And I'm not trying to bash any city. Like it's <laughs> L.A. It's the Dodgers. So you'd be on one of the most pop. Like, oh, it's and it's weird. It's it was weird. Like especially, that's, especially I don't understand it, it. You know they they've been in Detroit for a couple of years, so you know maybe it feels like a home to them now. But still, you could live in Los Angeles or you could live in Detroit. Like. That seems like a pretty easy. And who's more likely to pay people. you if you play well? Right, exactly. Like now, I don't know. that would be I, funny if, like, when he's a free agent, he ends up on the Dodgers. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I think he can opt out of his contract after this season, so we'll see what where he ends up going and after you know this what? year. I bet you that was what the hangup was because the big hangup. There's a like a what with the Scherzer trade. There's like a fifteen twenty or like a two hour hangup on the deal because the. Rangers wanted him to opt in for 24 and he wasn't sure about it. And ultimately yeah. he did. And uh shots in the Mets for spending $20 million to buy Ronald Acuna Jr.'s uh, little brother. And I can't say go. his first name. So I just going to say that. You know, I saw something earlier today. I think Max Scherzer is making $35 million from teams that he doesn't play for. He's the first player ever earned $15 million from three different teams. In the, the same season. In the, the same Nationals season. and the Mets. 
and and whatever the Rangers are paying him. And Three that, teams yeah, are paying but, him fifteen million dollars. That's crazy. Good for him and his agent. Good job. Uh, other teams at the trade deadline, the Yankees not really doing much. The Braves not really doing much. They went out and got Brad Hand, a reliever from the Rockies. It's a fine move. I don't know. They I'm needed not too a hand. About they it. needed a hand. They needed a hand. There that's, you go. They were just trade coming just, in with the dad jokes. That's all they needed. I I'm not too thrilled about it. it. I mean, I don't know. It's a fine move, but the Braves are in re- a really good position right now, so I don't think they're they need the to do a whole lot. They're the best team in baseball. They're fine. They are. They're they are. the best team in baseball. They just added another arm. The they Yankees, needed... meanwhile, they could have they could have done a little more. Well, every player they were linked to ended up not getting traded. Like, I guess their number one player they were linked to was Cody Bellinger, and then the Cubs won, like, seven in a row. So that's not going to happen. A couple of players they were linked to never ended up trading. They trade for a reliever from the White Sox. I mean, their biggest piece being back, I guess, around the trade deadline is the fact that 99's back. Like, that's big. Yeah, it is. Aaron Judge being back and destroying baseballs is, like, that. that would help. But... I mean, I they'd be if they were in the AL Central, they'd be in first place. Like, yeah, that's the. Crazy let's not part. lump these with the Mets and the Padres in terms of disappointment. But at this point, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, so I get kind of staying pat based off of where they're at because, like, they're not really in a position where you don't want to get too aggressive and buy too much because, like, are you going to win? Like, I don't see them winning at all right now. But you're I also not, like... a, not in a place where you're a few, like you're a few moves away in an offseason with a new general manager to make, like, have a World Series roster. That's what I was, all right, so that's what I was going to bring up. I feel like we have this discussion every year. If the Yankees... Fire Brian Cashman will fix the Yankees' issues. All right, so if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, you want Cashman gone. Yeah, I'd rather have Cashman gone than Aaron Boone because Aaron Boone has at least made the playoffs every year he's been the manager of the team. And some of those teams had a lot of injuries on them. Yeah. I think they should both be gone. I'm okay I with that. Don't I honestly don't think either of them will. I just don't see anything uh, changing. I agree with you. But I, I think they should both. You know, if they don't but make the playoffs, then if, the, if the, you the pick changes one of the – if you pick one of the uh, one of the other, who would you pick? I mean, it's got it's got to be a Cashman because Boone is not the one that's sitting there not doing anything at the trade deadline. That's that's Brian Cashman's job. And to be fair, Carlos Rodon had like the big move of the offseason for the Yankees was Carlos Rodon, which yeah should give them really good starting pitching by Garrett Cole, who who will win the Cy Young this year. I feel very confident in saying that. Um who is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, I feel very confident saying that. Like, Basically, this team is two players and everyone else, and it's Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. Pretty um, much. So like, if this was the NCAA tournament and Garrett Cole could pitch every game, I think the Yankees could win the World Series. <laughs> like, But if now it's a seven-game series, I have no, like, I have no trust in this team. So yeah. uh, I, think, I think Cashman should go before Boone. I have a feeling that if one gets fired, it's the other way around. Probably. 
this offense has been so bad, and we'll see the, what the new hitting coaches can do. Um, they had a really good night la- last night, but I mean, DJ LeMayu's regression this season is insane to me. Same thing for Rizzo, like Rizzo and DJ's regression, and basically, and throw Stanton in without Judge in the lineup, like that is an issue. And you know, I could go on for an hour about this team. And but we're not going to do that tonight. Um, no. Other surprises at the deadline: the Padres made a move. They traded for G-Man Choi and Rich Hill from the Pirates, and I'm not really sure what that was about. I mean, the, the Padres aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, they wanted to help. They wanted to help people with the immaculate grid by getting Rich Hill another team. <laughs> there you go. I was surprised by that move. I I thought they would have been sellers if anything, but they went out there and got those two players. And I I don't I don't know. I don't see anything happening with the Padres this year. I think they're too far gone. Uh, another really disappointing team, just like the Mets. Speaking of the immaculate grid, I already did it today. You said you didn't. So uh, I said I how I would save it for this podcast. So we will work. Let's together bring it up on my immaculate grid. So. uh Looking at the columns here, we have... And as we said, we record on Thursday night, so this is Thursday's Immaculate Grid. So the Giants, the Reds, and then 300 average season. Then the Rose are the the Guardians, Red Sox, and Rookie of the Year. So uh, how you want to approach this? So I can do Rookie of the Year Giants and go Buster Posey because he was a Rookie of the Year. That's what I went with. All right, let me type this out. This is entertaining. All right, but he's 70%. All right. All right. What do you That was what a pretty easy next? one. Let's yeah, just go with all the rookie of the year. All right. Reds, Reds rookie of the year. Um, well, I wish if we could wait to the end of the year. Yeah, LA Day La Cruz. Um did there was so there was one not too long ago, but I didn't think of it until I until I uh was done filling mine out. But I guessed an older player that ended up uh, winning it. It was just a lucky guess. Uh, Who was it? Well, I, I don't know if I want to tell you. because We're I, a team. This is a okay. teamwork. All right. All right. Johnny Bench. Okay. Who Who is the one? No, but we want to get the rare score. So that's... Uh, Jonathan India. But I oh, feel yeah, like John... Johnny Bench might be the, the more rare guess. Okay. Good call. All right. 17% for Johnny Bench. All right. Rookie of the year and hit 300. Um. Has a Cuneth, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 300? Uh, I don't think so. I think this is going to be his first year hitting 300. Uh, if Luis Arise won, wait, Aaron Judge hit 300 last year and he's rookie of the year. I got. That. I think I does. That. I think it has to be uh, rookie of the year and 300 in the same season though. No, it doesn't. I I don't know. I think it might. Did you try Aaron Judge and it didn't get it? Is that why you're saying this? No, but I guess I guess someone that hit 300 in the year that they won Rookie of the Year. Mariners. Aaron, did Ken Griffey Jr. hit 300? No. Uh, Julio late, Rodriguez. Later, earlier than Rodriguez, later than Griffey. Oh, Ichiro. There you go. I bet you Aaron Judge would have. We can see after this if Aaron Judge could fit for that. Okay. All right, you want to go uh, Boston Giants, Pablo Sandoval. There you go. That's the that's one of the ones I didn't get was the Red Sox Giants. And then after when I was over and it said Pablo Sandoval, I was like, of course, that's so such an easy one. All right. Uh, 
you want to do Guardians Giants or Boston? Wow, that was great. Boston. <laughs> so Guardians Giants is another one that I didn't get uh today. Um and I don't remember who it put there as like the most common guess at the time, but that was a tough one. Right. Guardians Giants. We'll we'll save that one for the end then. Okay. All right, Boston Cincinnati. That was a pretty easy one for me. I can't think of one right now. Bronson and Royal. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Who hit 300 for – did Pedroia ever hit 300? He might have. Oh, who did I guess? Oh, I mean, I, I went with Ted Williams, like, of oh, course. <laughs> Should I do Dustin Pedroia and see? Yeah, try it. See if – I bet he did. He did. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> we took a swing. All right. Uh, Guardians hit 300. Uh, did did Jose Ramirez hit 300? Yeah, I think so. All right. Cool. Oh, all right. We're two down. Uh, Guardians Reds. Um, Trevor right. Bauer. That's the first, first guess that comes to mind. He play? Yeah, he did play for Cleveland. Yeah, that's All who right. he started with, and he got traded to the Reds. That's right. Because he, yeah, you're right. All right. I was gonna say he did the um, threw the ball out of the ballpark. That was with Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's think. Let's think. CC no Cliff no Cliff Lee never played for the Giants. Um. So this is the other one that I didn't get this morning, but you know how after you're done, it tells you the most common guess or the most common right answer for each one. And I saw it, but I forget who it was. Um, I want um, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton? I'll go with it. Hey, we did it! (laughs) Nice. 275 was our rarity score. All right. All right. It's not too bad. Ronald Cunha Jr. could have been one of these answers. Really? Yes, I'm looking at it. Oh, all right. Well, shows what I know. Aaron Judge could also have been one of these answers. <laughs> okay. All right. I could have picked Pedroia for two of these. Obviously. Well, I'm just glad we got it. The most rare one was Giants Rookie of the Year, which is interesting. So, but I feel like Buster Posey would have been an easy pick. All right, cool, we did it. That's us. All right, that will do it. Wait, for wait, hold on, I'm looking at all the players for who have won Rookie of the Year and had a 300 batting average season. Jacob Degrom. I bet you, like, random no one, one got there. <laughs> Probably not. All right. Dontrell Willis. Wait, Dontrell Willis is on this, too. Nice. Hey, former guest of the podcast, Steve Sachs, is on this list. Oh, yeah. How about, How about that? 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 Steve, if you're still listening, we're, we're sorry we didn't pick you, man. <laughs> I did pick him for one uh, a while. I think it was the column. It was uh, Dodgers and Rookie of the Year, and I nice. put him in there for that. All right. Well, we'll we'll do this one next week. I'll try to forget to do it like I did today, and do it. We'll do it during the pod. 
All right. Uh, sounds good. But that will do it for this episode of the Fell Ball Area Podcast. As always, connect with us at Mapkins News at Trey Lyle VT at Fell Ball Area. Leave us that five-star, five-star, five-star review wherever we get the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you.